You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of the Travel Talk Weekly Show. Universal Studios is now open. Original air date, June 9th, 2020. We just had an incredible time last week at Universal Studios Orlando, and we have a lot to report and share about our trip. What an incredible feeling to be back in the theme park again after over two and a half months of not being able to go. It felt totally surreal, and we're very excited because this show is totally packed with information about Universal Studios Orlando vacations. I know. I actually, I loved feeling like we were traveling again, like normal, even though it was a little bit different. But I am so glad that we were actually there on site for both the annual pass holder preview days on Wednesday and Thursday, and then also as they opened up to the public on Friday and Saturday. So we kind of got a good picture of what was going on. We'll give you a day-by-day breakdown and show you how much we were able to accomplish with basically three and a half days in the parks. All day, Wednesday to Friday, and just a half day on Saturday. As soon as we heard about the opening dates for Universal, we immediately put a reservation on hold. And when they announced that they'd be open to the public on June 5th, They also said they'd be doing annual pass holder previews on the 3rd and 4th, so we very quickly grabbed a room at Royal Pacific. Our thought was as annual pass holders ourselves, and also staying at one of their three premier resorts, it might give us an advantage. Portofino was not going to open, and as much as we love Hard Rock, they were just too pricey for us to justify for this last-minute trip, being that we did not know what to expect from this reopening. Before we get into all the nitty-gritty details, we're going to mention a few of the highlights from our trip, and we have to start with the best one. And this is a mention we will go in, and we do have some pro tips around And lots of this details, yeah. but no spoilers. No spoilers, though, but we had never had a chance to ride Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. We tried to do it before, but the lines are always so long that we were like, nope, not going to happen. We were very excited to actually get on the ride on this trip. Now, that's a very long name, so of course, we're just going to shorten it to Hagrid's. We were able to ride it four times in less than 48 hours, even with some bad weather mixed in. And this was thanks to the virtual queue system we'll talk about later and fill you in on all the details you need to know. So this ride is everything that you think it is and much more. Now, first of all, there are a lot of spoilers you can find on YouTube and on the intraweb, but don't worry, we're not going to do any spoilers about this ride because like us, we hadn't watched anything because we wanted to experience it as a first time rider. And I am so glad that we did. And we we encourage you to do the same. Don't do your research on this ride. Just know it is awesome. It is really the most amazing ride we've ever been on. And I'm including Flight of Passage in that decision. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Flight of Passage. It's just very different. Now, Hagrid's, as you may know, is mostly an outdoor roller coaster. And it's very, very fast. But it's not jerky at all, unlike many of the other rides over at Universal. It is, as you described it, smooth as butter. Yes, it is. (laughs) But it is one of those rides that when it ends, people are clapping, high-fiving, very similar to Flight of Passage in terms of how people respond to it. Another highlight was the low crowd level. 
And that's really the main reason we like to be on site when an event like this happens, like we did at Disney Springs in May. I was looking at a very popular, very big Facebook page that said on the annual pass holder preview days, it was very crowded. I just stared at that and thought, you must not have been there because it's deserted. And that's what happens is some people go and they'll take like a, they'll take one picture and represent that as being the whole park. Like you might've found a crowded space, like around Hagrid's, it was pretty busy. But right. the rest of the park was dead. Exactly. And nothing like it normally is when it's crowded around Hagrid's. Like, d- didn't even compare. The longest line, actually this ended up being the second longest, but the longest line for a ride was actually the wait to put our bag in a locker at Escape from Gringotts. That was a line, but super efficient. And I like the new locker system with social distancing. I do too, but I also forgot how many of these rides you have to use a locker. Now keep in mind they are free, but there are so many people, there was a line for that particular locker. People waiting to get in line at Gringotts. I mean, again, there's a lot of people there. So the luggage line was longer and they only let one person in. So if you're a family of four, they're like, okay, give the bags to one person. We only had one bag. So you were the designated locker <laughs> person. So that was the longest line until Saturday when the line to get into Hogshead Bar over at Hogsmeade was 30 minutes. 30 minutes of great fun in a light sprinkly rain. Yeah, that's what happens when they force everybody to be six feet apart and they only allowed one bartender. So yeah, that they, was They the could have easily line. done two bartenders. Like the two. first time we yep. went there the day before, there was only one bartender, but there were two spots to stay at the bar. They kept us at the bar and until the other person checked out, then we walk in and they let the people in behind us. I'm like, well, thanks <laughs> a lot. Yeah. What was funny though, is I don't think the bartender knew when we told her how long we had been waiting in line. She goes, really? Well, she wouldn't know because she couldn't see She wouldn't know because she couldn't see, but we noticed that she was quite chatty. Had she known how long the line really was, because she can only see one other person behind us, she may have been rethinking her socialization. The team members were so excited to see everybody. And to help you get a picture of our stay and our, you know, the parks and the resorts, what we learned about some of these new procedures and the safety precautions, and also some of the new systems that they do have in the parks, We thought the best way to do it will be to walk you through our five-day, four-night stay at Universal, and then we're going to share some of the things that we learned and what you need to know about wearing your mask, plus a few pro tips. We chose to stay at Lowe's Royal Pacific Resort for actually a few reasons, and here's why. We did get a really good travel agent rate. That always helps. It does. Not all the hotels were open. And we knew it wouldn't be crowded at all. We wanted to stay at this premier resort. Again, we'd stayed there once before. But one of the main reasons to stay here was the unlimited express pass that each person in a room receives as part of their stay. This alone, especially for a family of four, makes it 100% worth staying at a premier resort. And we took full advantage of the express pass. More than (laughs) When you guys hear the number of rides we did, I think you'll be impressed. Yep. So one of the things we also like about the premier resorts is they are the closest to getting to CityWalk. From Royal Pacific, we could take a really short boat ride right to the heart of City Walk, and it was almost as fast as walking, but walking puts you at one of the far ends, so to get to the heart of it, you still have a few minutes to go. So I would say it's probably about a 10 to 12 minute walk to get to where the boat drops you off, which was about the seven minute ride. We'll do a whole segment on City Walk in just a bit. Here was what was very different. We didn't expect the parking to be free. That was a great surprise. So we're going to give you a quick recap day by day and kind of give you the highlights. Now the parking for free, we don't think that's going to last. That was just a temporary thing. That was something, again, we were ready to pay that 28 bucks a day, including tax. However, when they said, yep, 
parking is free during your stay, we were like, this is nice. Again, that's not going to last. But a lot of our clients are flying in, so that wouldn't be a factor. But I think they should keep the free parking. Nobody does free parking anymore. I know, but if they do, there's (laughs) another reason to stay at that resort. Well, let's do a quick recap day by day. The drive from St. Pete, our home, took about 90 minutes with no traffic. Now, this was on a Tuesday afternoon. So once we arrived, we pulled up to the portico, and there was a nice team member there to greet us and take our luggage. We went ahead and dropped off the luggage, and he said, I'll watch it. So they didn't take it and load it up. We just, Which they won't do. Yeah. And so we parked the car, came back, and then as soon as we got in the building, they took our temperature. To even get in the lobby, there's a like it's kind of a security check, but it's just for your temperature. And they also give you a color-coded wristband so they know that you have had your temperature checked for that day. They give you a free mask of the really luxurious surgical variety. Only if you didn't have one, though. That is correct. Most people had their masks. Be prepared to wear your mask throughout the resort as soon as you arrive. So we weren't expecting that. Like we got out and I was thinking we'd get checked into the hotel and wasn't even thinking about it. I guess in my mind, I was only thinking you have to wear your mask in the park. Didn't even think about it for the resort. So we actually had our masks in our luggage. And so when we got there, I was like, oh, great. Now we need to dig them out of the luggage. And so I was just like, we'll take the free mask. That's fine. So we had a backup. There was absolutely no line at check-in. If there would have been, there was plenty of reminders to social distance because they had little tape and markings everywhere (laughs) Everywhere. exactly where to stand. Yep, And plenty of hand sanitizer dispensers all over the place. Yep. And of course, at the front desk, they did have the plexiglass. And you could tell that the team members were not quite sure which way to stand behind it, um, because it is a little bit awkward. So is it either, is it social distancing, mass, or do we need to add plexiglass to it? (laughs) I know. So many different things. But overall, everybody, I think, was just excited to start feeling a little bit like we're back to traveling. So we got checked into our room. And after that, we decided to walk over to City Walk and hit up maybe one of the places that we could eat. So we hopped on the boat and quick ride. And so we got there. It was probably like around six by the time we it was we got there. And normally City Walk is open until later at night and really late on the weekends because they do have some nightclubs. They're just not operating right now. So, you know, we're just like, oh, we'll walk around. We'll see what's open. And there weren't that many places that were open for dinner. So we kind of wandered around and ended up at Margaritaville. By the time we figured all this out, it was probably around 6.30-ish. And here's where the monkey wrench gets thrown in the entire trip. There was a 10 p.m. curfew. Thanks a lot, Orlando. So they did last call at 7 p.m. Everybody had to be out by 8, so their workers could be at home by 10 p.m., which that was 100% unexpected. And yeah. even throughout the week, the hours kept changing. Like, oh, Friday night, 10 o'clock. Nope, it's 8 o'clock. No, it's I now it's back 10 to o'clock. 7. Yeah. And so by the time we sat down and we ordered some drinks, we're looking at the menu because we were thinking of having dinner. And not like five minutes later, she comes up and says, oh, by the way, I need to, if you're going to order food or any more drinks, I have to have these in by seven. And you and I are like, what? And we weren't ready to eat yet. So we ended up having a couple of drinks, just enjoying that. And then we headed back because I forgot some stuff. We had to get, make a quick run to Target. One of the things was ponchos. We forgot our raincoats and I was not going to pay $15 for a poncho in the park. And we have nice ex officio rain jackets, which is normally part of our go bag with all the stuff we bring on a regular basis, our cooling towels. I know this is how out of practice we've been it going weird, to the theme parks. It's been a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was talking to the waitress at Margaritaville. I'm like, you can bring me a beer at 645. I'll be out of here by seven. <laughs> no, last call is at seven. I get, this was the night that was leading up to the opening the next day for the annual pass holders. It was a ghost town. There was just nobody yeah, there. Yeah, there was nobody there. They did have a nice one-man band that played to a few tables. Yeah, that was fun. So after our 
after our quick run to Target, we decided it was time we needed to find some food. We were hungry. So in the hotel, thankfully, they still had some restaurants and a bar that was open. Now the bar, they've just converted it into a restaurant. And that is Jake's. Our waitress, Jessica, there was fantastic. And we saw her two nights in a row. (laughs) Yes, we did. Almost three. (laughs) The ironic thing was this was only one of the two options that were open at the time. Plus, they have like their little quick service type place. And ironically, we learned later because we were thinking, well, should we go to the Island Grill or should we go to this one? We'll just go to Jake's. And we learned the next day that they're serving the exact same menu. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. It was cool to be back, but also weird because... There were only six people in the restaurant, and we were two of them. Yeah. We did find out there's a whole backstory behind Lowe's Royal Pacific Resort and Jake's Bar and Grill specifically. So it's it's very themed, which I don't think if they were busy, she would not have had the time to just stand there and tell us the story. So that was one really cool benefit of being there with nobody. She's just telling us the history of the restaurant or the, you know, the backstory. <laughs> I thought that was fun. That was really fun. But we did find very quickly that most every place has a limited menu. So we learned to start asking about that. So if you do have a stay coming up and you're really into like the foodie stuff, you've studied menus, kind of go into it with low expectations because we don't know when they're going to roll full menus out. On to day two, which is Wednesday. And because we were staying at a Universal Resort-owned property, we didn't have to worry about getting a reservation to the parks on the preview day. The only people invited were hotel guests at the Universal properties or annual pass holders, and we happen to be both. But the pass holders had to make a reservation to get in. It was funny because we got to Universal at 820. I'm like, oh man, we should have gotten here earlier. I know, right? But the line, it was very short and it was moving really quickly. Yeah, and I think because we probably missed all the people trying to get there right for that extra hour, which starts at eight o'clock. They got there early because we did try that for one of the days. So as soon as we got in, we're like, okay, we're in a park. This is awesome. The music's playing. All the cast members are saying, welcome back. Thanks for coming. And so we decide to make a beeline for the first ride, which was Despicable Me. Which I think we'd only ridden that maybe once. Yeah, we've only ridden it. Yeah, we've only been on that like once or twice. And it was really interesting to see how they did the social distancing. So as soon as we get into kind of the preview area, they had little boxes where the families would stand and they were assigning them to you. And you could totally tell. And the team members were even admitting that they were just learning how to manage it because they only had two days of practice on how to manage people coming in for social distancing. And they said, yeah, when it was just the the team members, there weren't enough of them going through the queue for them to practice. And so that was kind of, I mean, we were like some of, this was probably like the second or third showing that they had of that morning. And it was, yeah, it was, that was our first taste of, okay, you're going to stand in this box and we will call you and, oh yeah, we're going to put hand sanitizer on your hands every single time you get on a ride. That is true. And because we arrived early during the early morning hour reserved for universal hotel guests and annual pass holders, I didn't realize this. Most all the, almost all the attractions were closed until 9 a.m. Only two were open, which we didn't really find out till the next day. And that's Despicable Me and Harry Potter's Escape from Gringotts. So when you have early morning hours, it's going to always be Universal Studios, not Islands of Adventure, but sometimes they will have them at Volcano Bay as well. Yeah, but there are only two rides open. And so that was a little disappointing. Yeah. But what we found, though, was this was a great opportunity to get back to Diagon Alley. And we got some amazing shots of it being totally empty. But to go back there 
And if you don't have the Express Pass and you want to go on Gringotts, that was a good time to get in line and be one of the first because in the early hours, they were letting people do that until they changed to a virtual queue later on in the day. So that kind of worked out really well. So with not much else to do, we enjoyed our coffee. We did go and check out Gringotts. And we normally do not get coffee at Starbucks. Yeah, we normally don't, but there wasn't even a line there. That's true. We did walk right in. And so that kind of shocked me. Um, That was not the same case the other days. It was down the street. (laughs) But we decided after going on Gringotts, we were like, you know what? Let's get on. And I think this was our strategy the whole time was we're going to get on Hogwarts Express right at nine o'clock. They start running it and we will get over to Hagrid's and then we will see if we can get in line. Now, admittedly, we had not been paying attention to the new virtual queue system for Universal. We were just happy to be there. So we get off Hogwarts Express. And because we had the Express Pass, we we were like one of the first trains to go. I'm pretty sure we were the first. So we get off. And of course, there's lots of, you know, excited people around Hagrid. Including us. Including us. We thought we were going to be able to ride Well, because we thought we were just going to hop into a regular line and just do standby, only to find out you could only have the virtual queue and you had to have already had a reservation. And so we start trying and we're like, all of them are gone. We did not know you even had to do that at all. Yeah, we had not been paying attention. So the first day started out a little bit of a disaster. And so we ended up just turning right around and hopped on Hogwarts Express to head right back to Diagon Alley in Universal. And we head over to Lombard's Seafood Grill because they were not open. And we had the opportunity on our Disney Travel Secrets Facebook page to do a live video just to give our first impression, the resort, and maybe the first hour or so in the parks. And there was nobody back there because they were closed. So it was pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty dead, though. As soon as we got out of the Hogwarts area for either of the parks, things really, really, really thinned out. And so we kind of felt like we were having the parks to ourselves, almost like when a hurricane's about to come into town and everybody's leaving and evacuating, the parks get really empty. So we just kind of hung out, took a ton of pictures. You know, it's hard to get those pictures with nobody in them, but it was pretty easy. And so we got some great shots. After our Facebook Live, we decided to walk over to the Simpsons, kind of walk around, get a feel for what's going on. Again, nobody was there. And it's, I don't think we've ever ridden that ride. <laughs> yeah. Usually it was a little surprising. It was a little surprising. It was a fun ride, but on our way over, we walked by Fear Factor. Obviously, that is not going on, but the Men in Black ride, that was going on. And Simpsons, that whole area is fun. It's just like being in the cartoon. So they have lots of, if you're a Simpsons fan, you will love just walking around. Rode that ride again. We totally just walked on. And what I love, though, was because of social distancing, we had our own vehicle all to ourselves. Exactly. Normally, that is not the case. And that kind of became the norm for a lot of the rides we went on. Like when you do Hogwarts Express, only your family gets in the car. Normally, it's us with six other people. In this case, it was just the two of us. I like that. Here's our pro tip for Hogwarts Express. They are going to tell you to keep your mask on during the entire trip, you know, back and forth. And we'd heard someone say they have a camera in there. I didn't believe them. On our last trip, in the middle of the ride, I just pulled it down, you know, just below my mouth. I was still wearing it. And the girl comes in, uh, sir, uh, please put your ba- your mask up above your nose. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Busted. I think I took mine all the way off, though. I was probably the reason that they stopped in. No, you still had yours on at that point. Did I? Yeah, oh, that was okay. on a different ride. So out of all uh, the times we rode it that week, it was only the only time we got caught. <laughs> had a great lunch. We had the pokey tuna, which we'd had before. Highly recommend that. Met the manager and got a tour of the upstairs, which was really cool for private meetings. So if yeah. you want to do a private meeting in the Universal Park, you can rent out. 
uh, different rooms on the second floor of Lombard Seafood Grill, and it was some of the best views of the park. One of their biggest challenges that they told us was because they have to do the social distancing, the tables, there's a lot less. And so keep that in mind if you're doing dining is everything has been cut in half, 50%, if not more, because they have to be six feet apart. And the whole dining experience was really interesting. So they have been trained. And we had this happen at several of the restaurants, but not all of them. But what they would do is they would bring our drinks and our food, even our napkins and the menus out on a tray, and they would set it on the corner of the table. And they included, there was a little bag and they said, the bags are for you to put your masks in so that you didn't have them just sitting out on the table. And then you would take all of your drinks and food and, you know, silverware, whatever off this tray, then if you needed to, like, let's say you needed your water refilled or something, you'd put your water on the tray. And it's like the server could only handle stuff that you put on the tray. It was really bizarre. That was strange. So we tried, we said, okay, they're only open till five. This is about 2.15, 2.20-ish. We kept trying to get Hagrid's probably every yeah, five minutes. We were. So we left the park, heading back to the docks. We kept trying. Again, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say 100 times because both of us kept refreshing. Mm-hmm. And at 2.40 exactly, we're standing in line to take the boat back to Royal Pacific. All of a sudden, it popped up. Party of two, 3 p.m., we grabbed it. I think I did a happy you dance. You did the happy dance. <laughs> now, this is how crazy and how fast this whole thing happened. It took us exactly 20 minutes to get from the boat through Islands of Adventure and back to Hagrid, so really not that long. We scanned our code right at 3 p.m. on the dot. You have a VR code on your phone. And it was a five-minute line to put our park bag in the locker, and then we went right into the queue. And this is one of the most amazing queues I've ever seen. And it's also where you can get a very good look at the ride itself because there's really no place else where you can actually see yeah. the Hagrid's ride. They've kind of protected it pretty much. It's also one of the longest queues. So I really can't imagine standing in line without physical distancing and having that queue completely filled. But we have done that before. We just never made it all the way through the queue because the line was going so slow. And then the ride broke down. And then the ride broke down. So it's like, whoa. Now, this was on a previous trip in December. Yeah, in December. But yeah, with social distancing, they have little stickers all the way through the queue that tell you where to stop in case the line starts getting filled up. But in this case, we just kept moving right through it. Now, there's a long queue before you even get to the castle. And then that is Probably one of the longest indoor queues I've ever seen. Yeah. There's so many rooms and switchbacks so many rooms. and twists. Like there's one area where there's usually a video and some effects playing, and that was not turned on. So they do skip but a few things. how did you things. know that? Well, because I know things. I kind of was wondering about it, so I, I may have checked it out after the fact. So this is how crazy and how fast this experience was. By 321, we were already off the ride. Literally in 21 minutes from scanning the code, to walking back to the lockers. There was literally no one in front of us. We just sped through the queue, which was very dark in places, especially when I'm trying to wear my glasses and the mask keeps fogging know, right? them up. <laughs> Take the glasses off. That didn't help. It was still very dark. Yeah, it was very dark because we were, we were just constantly moving. Usually in a queue, you go in and you're standing for a while until it moves. But I was really impressed at how efficient the virtual queue system was for this ride. So that kind of ended our park day on a high note. Yeah, because we were ready to go back anyway, but to throw Hagrin's in at the end was kind of a high. So we're like, (laughs) okay, let's just take it all in, go back to the hotel. We hung out the hotel, probably did a little bit of work, and then went down and had dinner at Jake's again. Yep, because they have these amazing pretzels that the night before... They did not have. They did not have, and she was telling us all about them, and I was like, 
we've got to go back and try those. So we went, we had dinner at Jake's again. We didn't want to have a really late night out either. We decided that the next day we wanted to see what the crowds looked like for that early hour if we got there before eight o'clock. Again, the park opened at nine and we wanted to see what it was like for the people that wanted to get in before 8 o'clock. So that kicks off Thursday, and we did get there at 7.45, and so did everyone else wanted to take advantage of the extra hour, but the line moved very fast, so no big deal. Yeah, no big deal, but we did have a few more switchbacks that day. So we learned our lesson from yes, the previous <laughs> day. So while we were on our way in, even on the boat ride, we kept trying to grab Hagrid's virtual queue again. And this time it actually worked. So we got one at 9.20 while we were already in Universal. So this time after doing a little due diligence, we started trying the app at quarter to nine. Now we did find out if you're anywhere on Universal property, any of the resorts or the parks, the virtual queue will work. Although probably 95 out of 100 times, it's going to say no times available. Yeah. And when we say resorts, we're probably talking Premier. We did not test this out with like Sapphire Falls, Aventura, Cabana Bay, but we know that the premier resorts were in kind of that geofencing area. So we got on Hogwarts Express and headed right over to Hagrid's and jumped right on. And thankfully, we did have the Express Pass because had we not, I don't think we would have made it by 920. Now the virtual queues, they do give you 30 minutes. I was... I, I was, said as long as you're close to the end time, yeah. you can't be early, but you can be a little bit exactly. late. Exactly. And by Express Pass, she means for Hogwarts, not for Hagrid's. Yeah, for Hogwarts. Hogwarts was was because we had gotten it at 845. So we were like, let's go. Well, everybody in the morning, as soon as they ride Gringotts, they want to hop on Hogwarts Express and jump on over. So that Express Pass is the golden ticket over there. After that, we headed over to City Walk to meet our Universal rep for a nice lunch at NBC Sports Grill and Brew. The menu was fantastic. I was surprised. It wasn't typical just burgers and fries. We had a Thai chicken dish. Fantastic. And ironically enough, right after we got there, it started pouring down rain. So we were perfect. Yeah. The we timing got, could not have been yeah, better. Yeah, that happened for a couple of our lunches. We got really lucky. And I will say we were their very first lunch customers after them being closed because we showed up at 11 o'clock. That's when our meeting was. And they had just opened. And there weren't very many. I think there were only two other restaurants that were open in City Walk that day for lunch. Red Brick Oven and Margaritaville. Yeah. And so we were definitely... I think that's our special thing. And Amanda, who I think she's like one of the managers or somebody there, she was just like, hey, you're our first customers back after all the closing. So, hey, Rob and Carrie were there. And we sat at the table where she said like two feet behind me the previous day was where Governor Ron DeSantis gave his speech about Florida moving into phase two. So it's yeah. kind of a cool area to be. This was a pretty long lunch because we're waiting for the rain and the park started clearing out. And we said, hmm. Let's try Hagrid's again. <laughs> and so we got Hagrid's again. So that's three times in a day and a half. Yeah. Went back and did Hagrid's. Now this time, instead of going back to the hotel, we had dinner at Vivo. And that was probably the best lasagna I can remember having in recent memory. That yeah. was unbelievable. So we had a nice lasagna and a nice bottle of Chianti. And one of the things that we learned, and this is this is pretty typical, but also it's something very unique to Universal is as the parks are closing, which they closed at five o'clock on this day, everybody starts leaving. And the typical thing is then you go to City Walk and you grab something to eat. So you can imagine how busy the City Walk restaurants get, and especially right now because they're not all open. So we happen to get on that cusp of right before five o'clock or right around five o'clock before the park guests were coming out. So by the time we got to dinner 
and we were sitting out on the patio and it was it was raining and but it's still good people but watching. it was great people watching but we saw the line just kept getting longer and longer as more and more people flooded out so keep that in mind if you're thinking hey the park closes at seven we'll go grab something at city walk a lot of these places are not taking reservations and so if you do what the rest of the crowd does you're going to get stuck in a big line and it didn't help that almost nobody was open so three restaurants were open for lunch and only a few more opened up for dinner thankfully yeah. vivo was one of them fantastic experience we said okay now Back to the hotel. We had a very nice dinner. We're going to make Friday an early day because this is day four. It's a Friday, and it is the first day that the parks are open to the general public. Yeah, so this was the official opening day. So now that we know there were only two rides that are going to be open during that extra hour, you and I were like, mm, there's we'll no, just skip that. <laughs> we'll skip that. We'll just, well, because there was a huge line where all the people that want to get there right for that 8 a.m. So they show up a little bit earlier. So we sh- we left and probably got there like around 820-ish or whatever. Enough to skip it, but at the same time still go in and experience that extra hour. But we wanted to really make this a big ride day and hit some of the things that we hadn't yet. And oh my gosh, did we ever. We did great. So we did, and I'm going to go back and forth because I'm not going to put these in the order we did them or the specific park, but we did Hagrid's for the fourth time. Yep. And it's funny because, you know, the first time I was riding the motorcycle with the handlebars, you were in the sidecar. And then for each trip, we swapped. Yeah. We just swapped each one. So that was kind of cool. We did the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket. That's on my probably never to do again list. <laughs> Spider Man, I can handle that. I love Spider Man. I would like to do Spider Man again at a time when we don't have to wear a mask. Yep. Because it's really hard. Hulk just scrambled our brains. Yeah. That is no. We have Hulk not, was a little rough. We probably haven't ridden. I don't think I've ridden Hulk. I know I haven't ridden it since I was in my 40s. And I'm 54. <laughs> so it's been five, seven, six, seven years, whatever. Jimmy Fallon's race through New York, which was funny as which always. I, yeah, which I liked. The Jurassic Park water ride. Best part, you can take off your mask. <laughs> and then we also, I think we did this the day before, we did do the Transformer. Yes, we did Transformers. And yeah. that one is very similar in style to Spider-Man. But one of the things about Universal is a lot of their rides do require the 3D glasses. And we'll talk a little bit more about why that is a little bit of a challenge right now. A really big difference that I did notice because they are doing social distancing is there are no pre-shows. And Correct, so yeah. all of those got cut. That was like one of my favorite things about waiting to do the race through New York with Jimmy Fallon is they have a great pre-show. And that's something I think for a lot of the rides you kind of miss. And one of them is in Gringotts. There's this one little part that's part of a pre-show that I'm not going to do a spoiler, but that is gone. So they completely eliminated that. But if you if you didn't know about it, you wouldn't know. So Like me, I did not know You about didn't it. even know. And so... It's, you know, if you don't remember, that's, then you're going to be fine. But that also gets people through the ride a lot quicker. At this point, not in chronological order, we decided to have lunch at Confisco's over towards the front of Islands of Adventure. Mm-hmm. And this is when we did our last live video of the trip. We had a great time at Confisco. Our waitress was named Jen Jen, so we called her Jen Squared. <laughs> and it was funny that there were a bunch of errors on their menus that we pointed out. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, a, a 20-ounce draft or 22-ounce draft, whatever, is six forty nine. She's like, yeah, I'm like... Sign me up. So we had yeah, because they were because they were selling a twelve ounce bottle for the exact same price. I'll take the bigger. And you're like, I'll take the draft if it's the same price. She's like, yeah. And then she comes back, yeah. Those that's typos. We actually saw a lot of typos in these temporary menus. You're really good at catching those. I am like a misspelled word savant, (laughs) not in a good way. I'm like, hey, hey, that's wrong. (laughs) That was a very full day. We decided to go back and just relax, knowing that Saturday was our last day, day five. We headed over to Universal again, early hours. 
We knew there'd be nobody hardly at all at Diagon Alley, and we were right. This time we decided to use our GoPro. We have a GoPro Hero 7 Black mounted on the Switch Pod, which is a really, really great handheld tripod that switches into just a handle when you want to walk with it or converts into a tripod for live videos. And so we did a video walkthrough, and all of a sudden I hear, hey, Rob. I'm like, turn around. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was Jared from Capture the Magic Podcast. And he was there with Jeremy from Main Street Magic, and they have the Diz Dudes. And so I, I, I predict we're going to be doing some stuff with them in the future. It's always <laughs> fun to hang out with other theme park lovers and podcasters because we, we don't really know too many of them. So we were kind of comparing notes with what, you know, they were staying at Cabana Bay. And I was asking things like, is the bowling alley open? It is not over there yet. But it was just interesting to get their opinions. And same thing with like masks. It's like that's a topic of conversation you start talking to people about. If, you, if, if they had the bowling there, you'd have to have a personal attendant to clean your ball each time. And they'd have to social distance. So they just set it back on the rack. You have to go get, it, would, it would take a no, long it time would to take bowl a, a game. It would take a really long time. One thing that you left out of our little events this past week. What did I forget? Were the stops at Voodoo Donuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so over at CityWalk, they have Voodoo Donuts. And a lot of people were making a huge mistake by waiting in line because they do have mobile ordering. If you're listening to this, don't tell your friends. This is a really <laughs> one of our best kept secrets is mobile order Voodoo Donuts. You prepay, you walk up, they hand you the box and you walk by 50 people in line going, wait, they're a like, minute. wait, they, they just got here. Yeah. And so we did get some donuts that we could enjoy for breakfast the following day. And we did this twice. Actually, I think the second time was more. So we had some donuts to bring home. And I still maybe have part of one left. Yeah, perhaps you do. You really liked their donuts. They're not as much donuts as they are works of art. I know they are 100% not healthy. But we were on vacation. Yeah, we have not had voodoo donuts for a long time. So after we do the Diagon Alley walkthrough on our GoPro, we took Hogwarts over to Hogsmeade and it just kind of said, we didn't want to ride Hagrid's again. We didn't want to press our luck four times as a charm. Yeah, I know. And it was just like, you know what? We've had our fun. Let somebody else grab those virtual queue spots. Let's just grab a, you know, let's grab a quick drink at Hogshead and just kind of walk around. And we had a goal that day, which is why we went over there in the first place. But our goal that day was to get a POV view of the Dr. Seuss ride sitting in the front and using our GoPro, which we did. And this should crack you up. The longest line of the entire trip. It was a 30-minute line for the Hogshead Bar in a slight misty rain. That was not fun. We, we would have probably rethought our choices. If I knew it was going to be 30 there. minutes, I, I would have I said, didn't think it was going to be that long. That was, that was kind of crazy. So what did we do next? We walked over to Seuss Landing. And I have to admit, there was nobody in line, but we still used our Express Pass. Absolutely. And we got front row on the Dr. Seuss train little ride. On, I don't have the name in front of me, but whatever the Dr. Seuss train ride is. And you had you got really good video from your iPhone. I was using the GoPro. We'll eventually get those those videos out on our Facebook page. Seuss Landing, it's really fun for kids. And this is a great place, you know, like if you're bringing your grandkids there and you want to go on a ride with your kids, this, I think it's called High in the Sky, the Seuss Trolley Train. It's like two minutes long. It was really, really cute. And we have heard that they have two different tracks, so you should try both. But when we were there, because there were no people, there was only one track running. But I feel like we did a lot of stuff in just our quick half day. Um, there's a lot of things to see. There's a lot of theming. There's all the different lands. And just get comfortable with using that app. So once we were done with this, we decided before we head out, let's go and have a lunch at NBC Grill again. We'll try that. And then it was time for us to check out and head home. But we learned a lot of stuff this past week. And I will say that one of our favorite things about the trip, other than the obvious low to no crowds, was really 
getting reacquainted with getting around Universal from their resorts. We loved the boats. We loved how fast they were. They obviously are going to social distance. So they had more in service than they probably normally would so that they could keep people moving. Um, I'm sure they did not want to get complaints about it was taking forever for the boats. But I will say that they were like, we never waited more than probably 10 minutes for a boat. It was fast. And because the trip back and forth from that particular hotel is so short, if they're running two boats, you're only going to wait, again, less than 10 minutes. Back to CityWalk, they missed a huge opportunity because it felt like almost nothing was open. And here's the dumbest part, most frustrating part, probably the whole trip. Every single restaurant has the exact same phone number. So we couldn't even call to see if they were open or not. We had to like walk up and see the closed sign. Okay, we'll try this one. Um, so that that was frustrating. Even the team members at the hotels, they didn't know what they was open. <laughs> yeah. It only shows you that they reopened very quickly. What stood out is we had a great lunch on Thursday at NBC Grill. Again, went back on Saturday. We were also very excited because we finally got to eat at Toothsome Chocolate Emporium. They were not open for lunch on one of the evenings. We went over and had dinner there. But for lunch, they weren't open. Hard Rock wasn't open. I know you were super excited for Cowfish to get sushi. Yeah. Hard, but now, Hard Rock is open, but it was only open for dinner. For dinner, like yeah. We're, I'm talking about lunch specifically. But yeah, usually those places are open for lunch. But again, they have these new hours. While we were waiting in a very long line to get a drink at Hogshead, as I mentioned, the longest line of the trip, we did get a great look at the new coaster they're building. And one of the team members there told us that none of that track was done when they closed in March. So that is great news. From what we can tell, based on the track that there is, it will be very similar to Hagrid's. Big surprise. Uh, Similar as in it looks like it's one of those really smooth running roller coasters. And one of our travel agents, Chris, mentioned that he saw that there was a license or a permit for the name VelociCoaster. Now, it is going to be over in Jurassic Park, so that makes total sense. So here's what we learned on this trip. When you're visiting Universal Studios, keep in mind that they actually have three parks. You have Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure, and Volcano Bay. Volcano Bay is a water park. So for some people, that's not of interest. We have not yet been there. But we want to. But we, yeah, we will go there. We've heard amazing things from friends and clients that have gone. But with the two Universal parks, you definitely want to get a park-to-park ticket. The parks are definitely smaller. This, If you're used to going to Disney, you're going to be kind of surprised. You're going to be like, wow, okay. So that's a pretty small park. And just having that ability to go back and forth and ride Hogwarts Express is definitely a highlight of the trip. It's really fun. So we highly encourage you to do a park to park, not just like a one park per day. I think that you would really get burnt out on doing the same rides over and over and over. That's a great point because the area itself, they don't have the land area that Disney has. So everything is so compact. So when you get dropped off by the boat from the resort at CityWalk, you can go to CityWalk or either one of the parks, or you can go to Volcano Bay. So you really can knock out almost everything in these parks in a three to four day time frame. Yeah, very easy. And I mean everything, as long as you have the Express Pass. So let's talk about the masks. Probably the number one question that we got asked on some of our live streams, as we advise on our Disney travel secrets. If you're planning a trip to any parks this summer and masks are required, we do highly recommend you have a couple of masks. Now we had our Disney masks that we brought with us and those worked great. If it is raining, you're going to want a backup because let's say you're on one of those outdoor roller coasters and there's a downpour and you have to have your mask on, your mask is going to get wet. And I don't think you want to be running around with a wet mask on. That's not good. It's hard to breathe. And you are required to have it on your face, covering your mouth and nose. And we saw a variety of masks. It was interesting to me. 
to see just different types, varieties, colors. Some people had logoed stuff. But they also have team members walking around the park reminding you to wear your mask. Yes, so you can keep an eye out for these people. They wear white shirts and tan pants, and they are pretty obvious. You'll quickly get to know them, and then you're just like, oh, put your masks up. They do have a mask-free zone in each of the parks, and also at City Walk. So if you want to take a break, that's the best place to do it. And I thought that was pretty smart. I thought it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. But yes, you do wear your mask on rides. The only ride we could take it off on was Jurassic Park. Otherwise, they want that mask on you at all times, roller coasters included. Now, the struggle is on the 3D rides where you have the glasses that they hand you. Those are really cheap film, and they fog up really quick, and you really can't enjoy the ride. So everyone just pulls their mask down from what we observe because, like on Escape to Gringotts, you know, it, it, it fogged up before we even left. I know. <laughs> I pulled it down below my nose. They're like, row six, mask up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah. you got to be kidding me. I wonder how long they will continue with that because you are moving pretty fast on some of those roller coasters, and I'm like, hey, if there are germs sticking around in – you know, like Hulk or those places where, I mean, you're moving so fast. That was just crazy. And we had our Disney masks on, which are, you know, pretty thick fabric and kind of warm, very, very sturdy, very, you know, a very good. Very structured. They're very good. structured. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah. Sturdy, structured. And so we saw the annual pass holder masks that Universal had, and they were in a bag, so you couldn't open them up to actually feel them. So we were just walking around. I just asked this guy because he had one. I said, hey, I'm just curious. You can see our mask is pretty thick. You know, what is your mask like? And he's like, oh, no, these are great. They're super thin. Reaches in his pocket. He goes, here, take it. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not I'm not asking for a mask. I'm just wondering your impression. And he was there with his girlfriend, young guy, probably in his mid-20s. And he said, no, no, it was, you know, three for 15. We only have two people. Take it. I'm like, okay. So I tried it on. I liked it. Then we bought you one. Well, on Hagrid's, the universal mask I had, that came down. That was just yeah, because so it is so fast. They were lighter. Um, some things I didn't like about them because I actually liked having a little more structure, but they definitely did not stay on as well on the rides. That is correct. The masks were not as hot as we expected, but then again, it wasn't 90 plus degrees. It was like, you know, mid to upper seventies, low eighties, even you know, with the rain and humidity, it felt warmer. There were not a lot of kids in the park, but those that were there, they did have the masks on. Yeah. I think they actually were better at wearing the mask than the adults. We did. Well, most of them don't wear glasses, too. <laughs> That's a good point. And we did meet one family who their little kids were very good at wearing masks. And so I asked the mom, I was just like, hey, have your kids had any problems wearing masks all day? And she said, well, my son is autistic and he actually has been fine. We have a special pass that will allow him to not have to have a mask on, but he actually has been fine. So we've just been letting him wear it. So he feels like he's just like everybody else, I guess. I don't know. But that was good to hear that if you do have somebody in your family that cannot wear a mask, you can go to guest services and get a special note or bracelet or something. When it comes to virtual queues, I think Universal does a fantastic job with Hagrid's and with a couple other rides. I actually like this better than the Disney FastPass system. Yeah. There's so less pressure because you can say, oh, you know what? I can go at any time because it's an Express Pass. Before you go to Universal, make sure you have the most up-to-date app downloaded. Most of the thrill rides and popular rides have moved to a virtual queue system. And here's how it works. You'll open up your app and you will go to whatever that ride is. And then you'll see Get Virtual virtual queue, you tap on that, and it will come up with some times that are available. So you select your party size, and then you go ahead and put those times in that you want, and then you're good to go. Once your time comes up, you have a half hour, you will bring up that exact same page, but now you'll have a, a QR code that they will scan, and then you're on the virtual ride. So keep in mind, though, that 
from what we've heard, and again, this whole system is still brand new for Universal. They've tested it on a few rides in the past, but not all of them. And so right now, I believe you can only have up to two active virtual queue QR codes at a time. But if you have Express Pass, you don't need it. This could and probably will change in the future. Disney, I hope you're listening. Like you mentioned, the virtual queue system is still new, and we didn't have any information when we went on Wednesday. And we did hear it did break down a bunch that day. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to Hagrid's, because that one is the only one that did not have the Express Pass, keep some things in mind that there is a geofence of where you can actually get a virtual queue. You can't do this from your home. You can't do it in the car ride on the way over. You do have to be within a certain area. Definitely try before the park opens. We tried it a quarter till the official park opened, and that worked for us. And then we also kept trying on the half hour and, you know, like on the o'clock or the 30, but a couple minutes before. We'll call that the half hour and the quarter hour. There you go. <laughs> and so they do drop them throughout the day. So it wasn't like in the morning, everything was gone. So they would filter them out. And I think that was really smart because when they did have the big rain showers, that obviously was going to eliminate a number of those people that could get in the virtual queue. So guess what? Just don't release any others and let the people get in. But don't give up. Just keep trying. You'll get you'll get it eventually. When it comes to the bag you bring into the park, if possible, and if it wasn't for us because we wanted to bring our GoPro and our a camera, you know, we wanted to bring some things with us. If you want to avoid having to get a locker while on rides, I hate to say it, wear a fanny pack. I know, I can't believe you're saying I that. I know, but well, I'm not going to. But, <laughs> but don't overpack it because if you, when you do go to a ride that you need a locker, there could be a line for that locker and that could just slow things down. Yeah. And so keep in mind the lockers are small. But if you need a big one, you can get one. You just have to pay for it. But if you can get a really small fanny pack and you're cool with that, then that's going to save you a ton of time. Now, the dining at Universal is different. They don't really have as many options if you were to compare it with Disney. And so when you get into the parks, they are pretty compact. And so they do have a fewer number of restaurants. They have a couple of sit-down restaurants, but not a whole lot. And then most of them are just like quick service. Now they do have some dining plans. So if you are planning a stay, you can add a dining plan. They have the quick service, which is basically it's one quick service and a snack or a full service. And that one includes a sit-down meal and a quick service. Both include a beverage. And these range from like 28 bucks to 70 bucks per person per day. But the great thing is, you do not have to purchase a dining plan for all of your park days. If you only want to do it on one day, you can just purchase it for one day. And Disney, if you're listening, this is a really good plan. It is. And then if you're into Harry Potter, you can purchase a breakfast in advance for either three broomsticks or leaky cauldron. And that's only for breakfast. And this is around like 20 bucks a person. Because of social distancing, getting into the restaurants can take a long time because they do have to seat everyone six feet apart. It's not every person, but the tables need to be six feet apart. And we could tell, I mean, I I, I like on this whole trip, I like the social distancing part. We can sit up by ourselves. <laughs> so, we met, so we recommend you try and avoid peak times. Don't try to have lunch at noon. Try maybe at 11, 11, 15, or maybe 1, 15, 1, 30, and avoid the crowds. Yep. Huge tip right there. And as far as photo pass goes, we did not do that on this trip. 
They do offer a photo pass. You can purchase it for multi-day, for single day. But the biggest thing was there just aren't as many photo pass opportunities that we saw. And so for us... We noticed a few on some of the rides, but really not a couple of photographers, but nothing like Disney's photo pass. Yeah, because they did have some character interaction opportunities. So I'm going to call them interactions, not meet and greets. And what they would do is they would have the characters in a set area, and then they had like a line that you could go up and get a picture. It's going to be a selfie. The team members cannot take your phone and take a picture. So keep that in mind, but you can't get up close and get those typical meet and greet photos that you normally would. We tried it for a couple and it was just like, eh, not, you know, it was just okay. But they do have the characters out. So that's kind of fun, especially if somebody is excited to meet, you know, whether it's like one of the Marvel heroes or we saw Popeye Popeye and and Olive Oil, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Wolverine. Yep. So they are out They're not totally not available, but it definitely was a different experience for that. That's a wrap for this week. And I know this is a little bit longer than our normal show. So thank you if you made it, you made it this far. (laughs) Thank you. We hope we gave you all the information that you need. We're going to leave you with today's travel tip. There has never been a better time to book universal vacations, specifically for June and July. We think that Disney will be slow and ramping up. And like we said, Universal has a 35 day head start. So if you want to get a trip on the books for June and July, do it right now. And the only recommendation I would say to not get a trip for this June or July is if you're listening to this in August, <laughs> then, then yeah, that's not going to work. you missed out. <laughs> Universal did a fantastic job, and I think it's only going to continue to get better and better. We can't wait to go back, and I think we may be going back later this month. Maybe to do, in two weeks, possibly. Yeah, to do um, some pretty special and cool things. I'm excited about that. It's a great big, beautiful world out there. And even though you can't go everywhere right now, you can now go to Universal Studios, Florida. And remember, never stop exploring. <laughs>